Welcome to the Authentic Church Podcast with Jeff and Fawn Peterson in Orange County, California, where our mission is simply to love God, love people, and live authentic. For more information on Authentic Church, visit us online at AuthenticOC.com. Thank you for listening. Well, I am, uh, I'm so blessed to be able to have one of my good friends sharing today. Uh, Mike and Janet Rovner have been in Fawn and I's life now for over 10 years. Um, I originally actually heard of Mike because my pastor way back up in Seattle when I was a young 20-something-year-old kid thinking I knew everything, uh, there was a businessman that came up and spoke to our business people. And I'd, never, I'd heard a lot of business people speak, and some of them were Christian, but then I heard a pastor speak from a businessman's perspective, and it changed things in my life, changed the trajectory of my life. Fast forward a few years, my wife and I would move from Seattle, Washington, and help to plant a church in Ventura, California, an incredible church called the City Church. And uh, I would meet this, this man, Mike Rovner, and his wife, Janet, and we would get to know each other. And Mike has been a voice of wisdom. Uh, he's been a voice of reason. He's been an encourager in my life. He's been a, an encourager in my marriage. Uh, we get together and talk about every, just about every week. And he is uh, the founder and the CEO of an incredible company called MRC, Mike Rovner Construction. They're one of the largest construction companies in all of California. His story will blow your mind. But on top of being an incredible businessman, he really does carry the heart of the Father and has personally led over a 1,000 people to Jesus. Okay, And so there's something today that I'm praying is going to get on all of us as Mike shares. Him and his wife, Janet, um, are not just great entrepreneurs, but they, they're real kingdom carriers. And uh, they've helped to plant churches all around the world. They've launched and funded ministries literally internationally. They've supported people who were out there um, on the front lines uh, doing things within human tra- trafficking. And, and I remember one of my favorite stories is Mike was chatting with this, this young man that was a pastor in the Dominican Republic. And he was asking him about, you know, what he does. And, and most of the pastors are bivocational. So they, they're working a job and they're building the church. And Mike said, well, how much would it take for you to be full-time? And I think the amount was like thirty-five dollars or $40,000 a year. And Mike said, I tell you what, I'll pay your salary. You can now serve the ministry full-time. All I ask is that you pray for me and my business every single day. So um, that's, so that's the kind of guy that you're going to hear from today. Um, it's going to be an awesome morning. You're not just going to receive information. You're going to receive an impartation. And uh, Mike has been generous enough to provide this incredible book that he wrote that shares his story and stories of faith that will challenge you and equip you in the marketplace. I highly, highly recommend it. He's given it away today for free. He's not trying to sell these or make money. He really wants to sow this into your life to be a blessing to you. In addition, Mike is also the founder of an incredible organization called Thrive Marketplace, Thrive Teaching. And Thrive Teaching is all about equipping marketplace leaders And I'm honored to be part of what they're doing as well. And Michael, hopefully share some of that. But without further ado, Authentic Church, will you please stand and clap your hands and welcome my friend, Mike Rovner. Oh my gosh, what a good introduction. I'm going to be honest with you, some of it is true. Good morning, Authentic Church. How are you guys today? You guys are so, how's that working? No, I'm just kidding. Um, can you guys hear me good? Got a little bit of feedback, a little tiny bit of feedback. 
So you guys are so blessed and fortunate to have Jeff and Fawn, uh, Pastor Jeff and Pastor Fawn as your pastors. How many of you love Pastor Jeff and Pastor Fawn? They are truly some of the most authentic people Jen and I know. They truly are. And I, I mean, we got to uh, pastor with them. We are both non-staff pastors at the City Church. And one of the things that I recognized about them is they were so passionate about people. And they were also working jobs, too. So it wasn't even their vocational job. And they were the, some of the greatest pastors that I've ever met. And they are truly authentic. And, you know, it's so surreal to be here because I remember Jeff and Fawn talking to Jan and I about starting a, uh, starting a ministry, uh, they were going to start a ministry, and then uh, we had this thing, like, for business people in Orange County, I, I think it was, like, maybe three years ago, and we, uh, we invited Jeff and Fawn, and they came out here, and they're like, oh, my gosh, this is the place we feel like God's calling us to Orange County, and now to be here and see it happening is truly, truly amazing. And it's amazing. And my, my beautiful wife, Jan, said, will you stand up, Jan, and, say, and wave to everybody? Yeah. The love of my life and truly the most resilient person I've ever met because she is married to me. Um, I have a lot of friends here, and I don't want to miss any of the people I, you know, uh, uh, Jason and Carly, I think, right over here. Uh, Jason and I uh, work together, and they're one of the greatest couples, the greatest heart, and I love working with Jason. It's really, truly, truly an honor and privilege. And my, uh, one of my customers, uh, Bill Martin, is here. And uh, so that's really when you're stepping out in faith, when you start inviting your customers to church, okay? <laughs> I think it could go well, but it maybe doesn't, right? So I, I did bring some of my books, and I'll, and I'll sign a copy of uh, these for you guys, if anybody wants a signed copy of it. Um, and it's just really kind of the stories of how, where we were at, um, and how God brought us, uh, brought us through. And so, uh, let me pray for you guys. Been praying for you guys all week, and, um, and Jeff and I pray for you guys almost every week. We pray for the church together. So God, we just take a moment and say thank you. God, thank you, because look what the Lord has done. Thank you, God. And God, I, I just thank you, God, that you're, you are infinite and all-powerful and all-knowing and ever-present. God, that you are the great I am. God, and I just speak, declare a blessing over the people of Authentic Church in Jesus' name. God, I thank you, God, for the supernatural of God in their marriages, in their family, and in their finances. And God, I thank you even in the next week that you would do something so supernatural in their life that they go, wow, God, in Jesus' name, amen. amen. So uh, if you read my bio, it says that I've been an entrepreneur since the age of 13, and which is true, was from the age of 13, I was a drug dealer, and so, but it's okay, because I don't do it anymore. <laughs> it's been like three weeks. Now it's kind of a little bit of a tough economy. No. So, um, so that lifestyle of selling drugs kind of continued into my mid-20s until I met this beautiful woman, Janet, who's now my wife. And so um, she was a backslidden Christian, and I actually was selling pot to her, right? And so she's going to write a book called I, I Brought My Drug Dealer to Church. <laughs> and so, 
And you know, why not? Why not invite every, you know, when they come here and they get into the authentic presence of God, the supernatural of God can happen in their life. I, I truly believe you, if you bring people here or, and invite people that you think would never come, they, some might just surprise you. And they might walk in this door and the chains will fall off them in Jesus' name. So Jenna was, you know, like a, a backslidden Christian, and she's like saying, hey, I want to get my life right with God. And she goes, I want to go to church. And, you know, like, um, and I'm so in love with her that, like, I'm like, yeah, I'll go to church too, you know? <laughs> I mean, literally, I would have gone anywhere you asked. I still will go anywhere she asked. In fact, it's funny, after, like, you know, being married for almost 30 years, like, I'm finally learning how to speak my wife's language. You know, like she goes like this to me. She goes, hey, do you want to go to Home Goods?" And for years, I'd be like, no. <laughs> then I finally realized when she says, do you want to go to Home Goods?" she said, I want to go to Home Goods and I want you to go with. <laughs> it only took 25 years, man. I don't know. <laughs> so uh, she takes me to this little church. She drags me up to the front afterwards. And there's this little woman there. And now I'm a drug dealer in church. Drags me up to the front in this little woman and says, uh, say this prayer and repeat it after me. So I'm like, sure. And here's the prayer. God, come in our life and take the things out of our life that you want out and put the things in that you want in in Jesus' name. Really simple, right? Well, a very exciting thing, thing happened the next day as my house got raided by the police. <laughs> Be very careful for what you pray for. It might just happen. I'm in jail that night, and I cried out to God. Now, I'm the unchurched, right? And I'm like, so I don't know. You know, I'm like, God, how could this happen? I just prayed yesterday. And I really felt like the Lord spoke to me at that moment and said, I did this for you. I have a new plan for your life. And that was 29 years ago. And so uh, Jan and I, we were like, uh, she's all, hey, we've got to find a church. We're Christians now, and, um, you know, we're going around to different churches, and we, you know, we, uh, we go to this one church, and she's like, hey, Mike, um, I don't know if you noticed, but all the girls here, their hair is really super long. Will you go ask one of them why, uh, why their hair is so long? So I went up to one of the ladies. I said, excuse me, miss, but um, why is your hair so long? And she said, here at our church, we don't believe in cutting your hair. So since my wife is a hairdresser, we knew we were in the wrong church. <laughs> they would have been like, she's a harlot. A short time after that, uh, we, I remember just being in, uh, in my pickup truck, and we prayed, God, send us to the church that you want us to be. And uh, we went to this little church in Simi Valley, and uh, the pastors uh, had a, a, a ministry called New Beginnings, and they had a, past, uh, they had a ministry for ex-gangbangers and drug addicts, and uh, we were in the perfect place. And that pastor became like my spiritual father. He became my first positive male role model in my life and truly walked us through uh, so many things. So grateful for the local church and what it's done in our life. I could truly say that it really supernaturally affected our life. And, you know, when, I, when we went there, you know, like I, I was uh, repairing drywall. I had a little uh, drywall repair business. And Janet was actually assisting girls cutting hair. We were starting our lives over, getting our lives going. And um, 
these pastors, they would teach us not just to hear the word on Sunday, but to take it and apply it to your life on Monday. And that changed our life. So if you just take what Pastor Jeff is preaching on Sunday and apply it to your life, the supernatural God will happen in your job, in your family, and your marriage. And so uh, the title for today is um, something I'm really passionate about is Build the Church builds the kingdom, which builds your life. So uh, we've, um, we've been part of two churches, Jan and I. Um, we were uh, at uh, our first church for about 18 and a half years. And then uh, afterwards, um, uh, we really sensed that God was transitioning us uh, to, a, um, to a new season in our life. And at that time, uh, there was a church from Seattle that we were connected with that pioneered in Ventura and Jan and I transitioned there. And, and we, we, I just want to tell you, we so loved our first church, and, and we're so uh, grateful and loyal to the, uh, to the deposit that they made in our life. Yeah, we felt like God spoke to us and said, support this first church for the rest of your life. And so, um, and so we're, uh, we're still part of that church. Uh, we don't go there every Sunday, but we're still part of it. We support them, and, um, and it's uh, been a blessing. And then we uh, started at City Church in Ventura with uh, Pastor Jeff and Pastor Fawn and Pastor Jude and Pastor Becky. And it was like our faith connected with their faith and I think an explosion of faith happened in our life. So here's some scriptures for you. Let me just say this. When we build the church, it builds God's kingdom. And when we build God's kingdom as a byproduct of this, it will build your life. Matthew 16, 18, it says, and I tell you that I tell, and I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. And here's one of the benefits: and the gates of hell will not prevail. This is kind of my life verse, Matthew six thirty three. It says, "But seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, and all things will be given to you as well." And and I have a translation that I love so much that Janet put it in my library at my house. It's a Barclay translation of this verse. It says, make the kingdom of God and life in loyalty to him the object of all your endeavors. And then you will get everything else in addition to it without having to do anything. So um, in, in, second, in first, second Chronicles uh, 1.10, let me tell you what's going on. And um, how many of you know uh, who Solomon is, the wisest man that ever lived, son of, uh, son of King David? So in 2 Chronicles 1, um, God appears to Solomon and says to him, how, check this out, how would you like this to happen if God would appear to you and say, ask me for anything and I will give it to you? And Solomon responds this way, now he's the king of Israel, he responds to uh, God this way, he says, he says, God, I need wisdom so that I can lead your people. And let me, let me give, uh, pick it up, Second Chronicles 1.10. God, give me, give me wisdom and knowledge that I may lead your people. For who is able to govern this great people of yours? And then God infuses this wisdom into Solomon and says, Hey, listen, since you didn't ask for riches, since you didn't ask for glory, since you didn't ask for power, since you didn't ask for uh, 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 the, the lives of your enemy, I'm going to give you everything. So here God, in, 
gives Solomon all this wisdom. And you see it in 2 Chronicles 1.10. And the first thing, the first thing Solomon does after God has infused wisdom into his life, the first thing he does, you find it in chapter 2, he builds the house of God. And let me just tell you about the value of wisdom. Just let me give you some context on the value of wisdom. In Proverbs 3.13, it says, wisdom is better than a big bank account. Wisdom is better than a big salary. That's how much value wisdom is. In Proverbs 24.3, it says, by wisdom, a house is built. Through knowledge and understanding, its room, rooms are filled with great treasures. And that verse, Proverbs 24, when it says, by wisdom a house is built, that is, um, that is like a uh, synonymous for your life. So you could say it just like this, by wisdom my life will be built. By wisdom my house will be filled uh, with rare treasures and beauty. I remember one time in my career, uh, earlier in my career, and, I've, and let me just be honest with you, in my career, I've had, it's been a, a roller coaster. I mean, I had some good times and some bad times, and this was a time where, you know, like I was just really struggling. And, and I was praying, and I don't know if any of you guys have ever prayed like this. Maybe it's just me. I was praying, God, send me money. <laughs> and it, I wasn't praying because I needed, a, a, like I wanted a bunch of money to buy a bunch of stuff. I was praying because I didn't have enough money for payroll. So I was like, God, send me money. And I really felt like the Lord said, you don't have a money problem, you have a wisdom problem. So guess what I did? God, give me wisdom. And I started studying what wisdom is. And wisdom really is right application of truth. So when Solomon was infused with this wisdom, the first thing he did, the first application he did was build the house of God. And I want to tell you guys, thank you guys. Thank you guys for helping Pastor Jeff and Pastor Fawn build this church. And I, I'm just going to come right out and say, I think that God's starting to work here in Orange County with Jeff and Fawn, that something's going to happen in this region, and it's going to literally, the gates of hell are going to be shook. I mean, the, the way they started this place, look, look at, they had, you know, they had a, uh, something in their, God dropped in their heart. I mean, they're, they're working in Texas, they're making a good living. God drops in their heart to start a church in Southern California. They come out to, you know, probably the least expensive place in all of Southern California, Orange <laughs> County. I mean, yes, you can rent an apartment for a thousand bucks, but it's only 10 feet, square feet. <laughs> you can rent a closet for a thousand above the earth. They sell their business, quit their jobs, move to Orange County, and then, wow, Merry Christmas, the pandemic. And they're still here. God's about ready to do something supernatural. And, and I, I can truly say that um, uh, serving and being part of a local church has just super impacted uh, Jan and I's life. So let me, let me talk to you guys about what does this look like to build the church? What does it look like? How do, how, what's the context of it? How do we apply it? And so I'm going to just give you like three or four things, and, and, I, and I'm going to believe that God's going to show you a, multiple, a multitude of ways that you can add value to the church, which will build the kingdom, which will build your own life. So good. Okay, uh, first it's like, you know, just be prepared. Be prepared. Here's the scripture. 
Be alert and sober-minded. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. So one of uh, my first jobs at our first local church is I was an usher, you know, and um, so I remember this Sunday and uh, years and years ago, and it was during the reign of Shaq and Kobe, the Lakers. And me and some of the ushers, other ushers, we like basketball and we talk about basketball, right? So, you know, got, to, you know, and I don't remember, I think they were playing San Antonio. It was their set for their second championship and we're just pumped and talking about it, driving to church and, you know, not thinking about God or church or uh, being used by God, but just really thinking about basketball. <laughs> I mean, anybody else done that? I mean, uh, you know, so driving to church, you know, like uh, thinking about the games coming on later on the day, get to church, totally unprepared, talking to the ushers, and we're just shucking and jiving, right? We're just, people are walking by, and we're like, hey, how are you? Hey, did you see uh, Shaq make that sky? <laughs> and literally, some lady walks by me, right? And I look at her, and she literally growls at me. I'm like, Whoa, she must be having a bad day. <laughs> Went right back to my thing, right? Talking to my guys. During that service, I kid you not, like a demon manifested out of that lady. And after that happened, I thought, oops, I think I missed that one. And the reason why, I was so unprepared. I hadn't prayed. I hadn't sought God about the service, how God could use us in the service. And, you know, let me tell you another time. Let me give you another scripture. Second, uh, Second Timothy 4.10. It says, preach the word, be prepared in season and out of season. So another time, you know, got up a little earlier, prayed, driving to church. Jen and I prayed together, had worship music going on, really filled myself, praying for the pastors, praying for the church praying for the service, that God would do something supernatural, praying that people would be born again, people would be set free, people would be delivered. I was just really prayed up that day. Got to church, sat down, our pews just like these ones, it was so cool. And so um, a lady sitting in front of us, um, that it's like the mother of like one of the children's directors, sitting right in front of me, and I just really felt like the Lord said to me, put your arm on her shoulder, put your hand on her shoulder. So I just touched her shoulder, not weird in any way, just touched the front, uh, the front of her shoulder like that, and I just hear her start crying, right? After the service, she comes up to me and just goes, hey, Mike, um, I don't know if you know this, but my son got deployed in Iraq. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, we'll, I'll, we'll be praying that God will protect him. She goes, I can't, I, she's all, I barely got to church. I've had so much anxiety over my son going, uh, being deployed into Iraq. I she said, I was at church. I was sitting there going, God, please help me. And she said, it felt like Jesus touched my shoulder. And I, she goes, I felt like a warm presence of like uh, the presence of God. And I felt like at that moment that everything was going to be all right. When you're prayed up, prepared, God can use you in a supernatural way in this church. Uh, first, uh, first Peter 4.10, one of my favorite scriptures. Each of you should use whatever gift you have, have received to serve others as faithfully storing, uh, faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. 
So another thing is just find a need and meet it. So one of the things that I, I truly believe is when God shows you something about the church, it typically means that he wants you to be the solution. So um, Jan and I were, you know, like we go to this a church that's a, a young people's church, right? Um, our pastor, uh, Pastor Jude, um, is a world-famous youth pastor that now is a lead pastor. So it's got this big calling for young people and a lot of millennials, right? And, you know, I love millennials. They're great. I mean, someone's got to fix my phone. You know what I mean? They're great. <laughs> someone's got to support Starbucks. <laughs> so, um, we, you know, Janet just noticed this, that, like, you know, most of the ministry was geared towards the young people, right? She's all, what about the over 40s, right? So she didn't complain about it. She said, Mike, I think we should start an over 40 marriage night, date night. And, you know, I'm, okay, sure. So, you know, like, uh, I think it was like two or three weeks ago, we had uh, one of the date nights. And we, we started doing, we like do, like a, uh, where we go take dance lessons together. It was so fun. I was the best dancer in the room. <laughs> I, no, I have like, not even two left feet, like, <laughs> like I trip over myself, right? And so we, uh, we did that, uh, we did all kinds of stuff. We went to a comedy, uh, a comedy place. And then, so we had like a, a game night at our house uh, a couple weeks ago. We had 28 couples at our house, okay? The people love it. The people love it. She found a need and met it. And when you find a need and meet it, God can use you supernaturally in your church. And then the kingdom will be built. And as a byproduct of that, you'll be building your own life. So um, uh, one of the guys, that, uh, one, of a, one of our good friends, um, and he was uh, with, uh, with us at, at our first church that we were at. Uh, we had, Jen and I had the privilege, uh, our company, to build the building for our first church. And so uh, it was such an honor to build the building. And so while we were doing it, there was this guy there. Uh, and he owned like an excavating company in concrete and stuff like that and did underground work. And he comes up to me while we're building the church and he's like, hey, I'd like to do some work. And I'm like, that'd be great. Um, uh, what would you like to do? And he goes, I want to do all the concrete. I want to do all the underground. I'm like, wow, that's a lot. I'm like, that's thousands and thousands of dollars. And he's like, you know what? I want to donate that to the church through, from my business. I'm like, praise God. And so um, uh, he, he does all the work. And so a few months later, I call him on the phone. I mean, it was such a blessing to the church that this guy did the work. And so I call him on the phone, and I'm like, hey, I just want to check in with you. I, I'm expecting that God probably did something supernatural in your life. And he's like, well, to tell you the truth, I I've been so anxious before I did that work. I'm always worried that I won't have a new job or I won't be able to make payroll. And I'm always living super anxious. He said, since I did the work, it's like I have this peace about me because I know that God is my partner now. I'm like, that is amazing. He said, but one, of the, one thing that I didn't expect, he said, uh, his name is Rob. He said, the thing I didn't expect was over the last few months, I have grown spiritually exponentially. And I'm like, wow, that's pretty cool. Because growing spiritually is not bad for any area of your life. Growing spiritually will be the best thing you could do for your marriage. Growing spiritually will be the best thing you could do as a parent. 
Growing spiritually will be the best thing that could happen to you in your job. So I, I, I was like trying to figure this out, like how does this work? And, and like the way God works, man, it's so cool that you can't figure it out sometimes, right? So I went to the Lord and I'm like, Lord, how did this work out? And the Lord showed me he sowed into, let me say it in a, word, a way that's non-Christianese. He invested into a place where people grew spiritually and his return on his investment was he grew spiritually. When you sow into the house of God, you personally will grow spiritually. Luke 5, 1 through 6. And let me tell you a little bit about the story. Many of you will know the story. It's a story where Peter has this great catch. And, um, and Peter is a fisherman. And he has been fishing all night. And he hasn't caught a thing. And Jesus comes on his boat and tells him where the fish are. How many of you want to know where the fish are? I want to know where it is. He tells him, go cast your net on the other side. Go into the deep and cast your net on the other side. And Peter goes out. And he had been, Now, think about this. He had a season, a night, where he had fished all night and not caught one thing. Now, this guy that's not even a fisherman, that's a carpenter, is telling him where the fish are. So he goes out and he catches this catch that's so big such a big catch that he has to signal over his partners. And they come and all of their nets are filled to overflowing and almost breaking. And I'm like reading the story and I'm like, God, why? I want to know why you did that for Peter because just to be honest, I want you to do it for me. So I'm reading the story and I read the Bible that way and I'm always wondering why. How does it work? And the Lord showed me. What happened was, Luke 5, 1 through 3, this, one day as Jesus was standing by the lake, and I'm not even going to try to pronounce it, he was standing by a lake. <laughs> and what's happening is if you read the, and I've read this in several translations, in several, it's in uh, uh, Mark, uh, it's in three of the, uh, the Gospels. So what happened was Jesus was preaching by the lake. And let me pick it up. And, and the people were crowding around him and listening to him. So the people were crowding around him and pushing him towards the water. He gets on He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little bit from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. So what happened was Peter had been fishing all night and hadn't caught a thing. He's washing his nets. He's ready to go home. Jesus gets in his boat and says this to him, Peter, can I use your boat so I can preach? He pushes his boat out, and the boat works as an amphitheater, so um, all the people along the shore. And then Jesus tells him where the fish are, and he has the biggest catch of his life. When you take what God is, his boat was what he had. When you take what you have and use it for God, he will do something supernatural in your life. Peter used his boat for Jesus and got the biggest catch of his life. When we use our life, I think today God could be speaking to us right now saying, can I use your boat? Can I use your house? Can I use your job? Can I use your life? 
And when we give our life, whatever you put in the hands of Jesus, he will multiply. Think of the, how he fed 5,000 men, which is more like 20,000 people. It's when a, a boy put in his hand his five wheat thins and two sardines, and he had the biggest, and then that ends up feeding 5,000 people, more like 20 because it's 5,000 men. And there's so much food that there was 12 baskets of leftovers. So I started like a, a drywall repair guy, and uh, we had been going to this church, and the pastor just so much uh, was a blessing in our life. They're a lot like Jeff and Fawn, very authentic people. And so um, there was an earthquake in Southern California. I don't know if any of you guys remember it, 1994, the Northridge earthquake. And so during that time, the, uh, when that happened, the church got, you know, uh, pretty much rocked, and there was... Uh, uh, the pastor's office had been, all the drywall had almost fallen off the office. And I had this chance, you know, we were tithing, but I, we always dreamed of giving above our tithe. And let me just be honest with you, Jen and I never tried to be successful financially. We really just tried to be a blessing and, uh, and to further the kingdom of God with our job. And then God, as a byproduct, moved us uh, forward financially. So uh, I had this opportunity to repair the drywall in the pastor's office. And so, um, it, you know, I was at the beginning of my career. I didn't even, I couldn't even afford to buy the material out of my mo own money. The church bought the material and I did the labor. And I was so happy to use what I had in order to be a blessing to the local church. A year later, my business drastically increased. And um, a year after that, the church wanted to remodel the outside of the building. And I was so excited. I bought the material. It was like 500 bucks out of my own money. And I actually did the work myself. I stuccoed the outside of the church, and I painted the, uh, uh, the trim of the church. I was so happy. I was so excited to use what I had to be a blessing to the church. And, you know, a crazy thing happened the next year as my business grew again. You know, uh, the church bought like an auxiliary building and, you know, like I was kind of growing in, uh, in my experience and knowledge. And I told the church, I said, I want to remodel uh, this, um, this office building that you have that's working as a church offices. And so I, um, we rem my company remodeled it and we saved the church $100,000. The next year, my business grew again. You see a pattern? A few years later, uh, the church wanted to build a brand new building. I was so excited. Everything I had done to that part of my career positioned me so I could do it. And we were able to build a brand new church, a brand new building for our church. I was so happy. We saved the church $750,000. I was so happy. The next year, my business doubled. A few years later, Jan and I were in the Dominican Republic and we had really gotten connected with this church. And... Um, and they had this movie theater that they, were, that they were using for church, but the owner of the movie theater was going to sell the building, and this pastor was helping all kinds of big ministries do big crusades, and so um, we thought we would help uh, him, and we would put some of our money, and we'd gather some other people, and we'd buy that building for, uh, for this church in the Dominican Republic. Lo and behold, nobody wanted to help. Jan and I prayed about it, and we thought we would do it. And so we, we ended up having to like um, take a second mortgage on our house in order to buy this, uh, this uh, movie theater that had been converted into a church. And so, um, you know, like sometimes you just got to step out in faith, right? And we just stepped out and did it. 
The next year, my business tripled. Didn't even notice the money gone. A few years later, uh, after that, you know, like I got involved with uh, uh, this ministry in uh, downtown LA called the Dream Center. Some of you might have heard of it. And so a big ministry. And, um, and so we had gotten involved with them and they wanted to remodel this uh, 15-story hospital building that was the Angels of Mercy Hospital. And they had gotten a bid for, from a contractor, uh, architect for 41 million. Um, we had gotten involved with them. They asked me to look at it. They really didn't think I could do it. Think about that. These people did not think I could do the job. And so I had my team look at the, uh, the job and they put together a, a proposal and then I met with uh, the founders of the Dream Center and I said, listen, uh, the job is not 41 million. And they're like, oh no, is it more? And I said, no, it's less. I, I said, if you help, let us help you design build it, we can do it for $25 million. And so they, they said, will you, will you interview with our board of directors? And so I interviewed with their board of directors and I told them this story uh, how Janet had woke me up years earlier, like I was just repairing drywall and it was on the TV and she's all, Mike, you need to go repair the drywall at this place. And I'm like, I'm sleeping, honey, and I don't even know these people. And that was like 15 years earlier and here I was interviewing with their board of directors. And we didn't deliver that job for 25 million, we delivered that job to them for $17 million. We saved them $24 million. And, and now God is supernaturally using that ministry to feed 50,000 people a week. Next is, um, and we're just talking about practical application of, um, of how to build the church, is uh, being, be a blessing to your pastor. I mean, you know, like when a young Christian, like I just noticed... You know, and I was also this guy that would just go to my pastor all the time and go, Pastor, I need prayer. You know, I need this. And, you know, like, um, and so I just noticed everyone was always coming to our pastor and telling him all the things, uh, you know, that were going on that were negative in their life. And he would pray for them. He's such a gracious guy. Prayed for them, walked them through it. And I thought, you know, I was like, hey, I wonder if anyone ever tells them anything good. So every time something good happened, I would just go, and I just say, hey, Pastor Rod, you know, I got a new job, and uh, God, God did a miracle on this job. And everything good happening in our lives, I would go tell him and, and try to be an encouragement in his life. And I remember one day just praying for him and just going, God bless Pastor Rod. God bless this man that's walked me through so many things and been such a blessing in my life. God bless him. And I really felt like the Holy Spirit said, you bless him. I said, what do you mean? <laughs> you know? God bless Pastor Rod, you bless him. And at the time, you know, like um, I was getting a new car, and so I was, um, I had my, uh, the car that I had been driving, and it was a really nice car, and my pastor's car was not as nice as the one that I had, and I talked to Janet about it, and we prayed about it, and I said, let's, let's give Pastor Rod the car, our car, and um, instead of like trading it in for this new car. And Janet always says, yes, do it. Um, and so we gave we gave our pastor the car that we were driving, and so uh, which was cool, and he was so happy and so blessed by it. And so a few weeks later, I'm at a Christian business conference, right? And some guy that uh, owns like these franchise, these coffee franchises, uh, he was at the conference, and I don't know him real well, but I kind of know him. And you know, I, I was talking to him at the conference. And so the next day 
after the conference started, he comes up to me and he's like crying, right? And like tears are coming through his eyes. He's all, I couldn't sleep last night. And I'm like, oh man, I'm sorry. He's like, all night long, the Lord was dealing with me to give you this watch, and, and it's one of my favorite watches, and I, you know, but I just couldn't sleep, so here's the watch. <laughs> I'm all, thank you. <laughs> so the cool thing, crazy thing is, for a year, I'd been looking at this watch on the internet, on eBay, and I was like, there ain't no way I'm buying this watch, okay? It looks super cool. Like it, you know, and I like really like watches, but I'm like, I'm not spending that kind of money on a watch, okay? And so, um, you know, like, so he gives me this white gold Rolex Daytona that's worth $5,000 more than the car, uh, car that I gave my pastor. Wow. Wow. And let me just tell you this way, what you do for your pastor, God will do for you. If you are a blessing to your pastor, God will move supernaturally in your life. And here's the scripture, Galatians 6.6. 6. Nevertheless, the one who receives instruction in the word must share all good things with his instructor. And so um, uh, years ago, uh, we, we got, Janet and I, uh, our company, we got this job in San Diego. And so it, um, I was really excited. And the job was um, right on, it, I can't remember the name of, uh, name of the city, but there's a beach there, uh, Coronado Island. So on this job on Coronado Island, and the apartment building happens to be right on the water, right? And so um, I was driving back and forth, and I asked the owners, you know, like if uh, I could have one of the apartments, you know, because it was like 600 units, I know they had vacancy, if I could have one of those apartments, so when I came there I could stay, and I wouldn't have to stay in a hotel, which is like three or $400 a night. And they graciously gave me this apartment, and uh, Jan and I started talking about, well, we have this apartment, I'm only going there one day a week, and so, you know, why don't we make it like a pastor's retreat? And so Janet furnished it, and we made it like a pastor's retreat, and all the pastors we knew, uh, we let them stay at this, um, at this apartment. And even pastors we didn't know. We just told uh, a group of pastors, if any of you guys want to stay at the place, and I'm not really knowing if people are staying there or not, because uh, they call my secretary, and the secretary books them to go stay there. So, but I start getting like these thank you letters, right? And it's like people are like, hey, I, I hadn't had a vacation in two years. We came, to your, uh, we came to your apartment and we walked on the beach and we held hands and we fell in love again. We had gone through, one, one person said, we have gone through a big struggle with our, our kids and it's been the biggest challenge of our life. And we went to your, your apartment there. It's almost like God restored us as we took a vacation. And we were so blessed with like that. And then one day I'm in the office and my uh, controller uh, goes like this to me. He goes, I don't know what it is about you. You're like the Teflon guy. I'm like, what do, you, what do you mean? He goes, all these darts come at you, but they all just slip off you. He's like, you're slippery, man. Nothing can touch you. I'm like, whatever. I go into my office and I open a letter. It said, Mike, we stayed at your apartment and it super blessed us. We've never met, for, met you, but we pray for your business every day. And the Lord connected to me. I'm blessing these people I, uh, that are, uh, are spiritual leaders, and they're praying for my business that no weapon formed against it would prosper. And God had protected us. Some of this stuff, I have the, um, 
the beauty of looking back over 30 years and being able to connect the dots. But during the time, I mean, like we weren't trying to build the church so that God would build our life. We are building the church because we love God and we are so happy and so um, happy for what the church had done in our life that we wanted to be a blessing in the church. And as a byproduct of that, God built our life. Okay, so, um, uh, but I do want to tell you, there are great benefits to building the church, okay? Psalms 103.2 says, Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. I mean, there's this radio station that I hate listening to. I'm sure you listen to it too. I try not to listen to it, but it's like human nature. It's WIFM. You know what that station is? It's what's in it for me. Most of us listen to that radio station, so right now I want to tell you what's in it for you when you build the church. Malachi 3.10. It says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse, and this is about the people, uh, people that were uh, struggling with their faith and away from God. He tells them how to get back to God in Malachi. He says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, and I will open the windows of heaven and pour out such a blessing that there will be not enough room for it. So uh, when we sow of our finances into the local church, it makes this place become, as it says here, um, that there'll be food in this house. One translation says uh, that there'll be fruit in this house, that there'll be uh, abundance in this house. And when this house is a house of abundance, it could spread out to the people that need it. And as a byproduct of that, God will open the windows of heaven and they're really windows of opportunity. I, I read this verse like a hundred times and I felt like the Lord said, I will open up windows of opportunity in your life. So um, we have this season where like we had just come out of a really hard season how many, anybody else come out of a hard season ever? Just me? Come on, someone's asked you. We had come out of a real hard season. And, uh, and uh, God did like a supernatural miracle. And we were able to get out of this really super hard season. And the next season, the Lord really put on, my heart, on our hearts, Jan and I, that, uh, that he was going to like supernaturally bless us in our jobs. And all of a sudden, in one year, our income tripled. And during that time, the Lord dealt with us to give away a third of our income. So uh, be very careful, like I said, for what you pray for. Don't pray, God, how much should I give? Because sometimes he might tell you to give it all. But let me tell you this, he's not trying to get something from you. He's trying to get something to you. And I love in 2 Corinthians 8, it says, if the willingness is there, the gift is acceptable. Not according to what you don't have, according to what you have. So uh, Jen and I, we, in faith, we gave um, a third of our income one year. And literally, the windows of opportunity opened up <laughs> in our lives. I mean, people came to work with us that are certifiable geniuses. I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer, but I'm telling you right now, I have a ton of people that are brilliant working around me. And this one guy I was working with, this one client, starts his own business buying apartment buildings. And he calls me on the phone and asks me to be his partner. The buy-in was like $20,000 for the partnership, right? We didn't have any money. We just gave it all away. He loaned us the money to be his partner. 
right, I'm telling you, a month after we gave away a third of our income. And so this guy had been the assistant to a billionaire. And I remember coming home and uh, go, going back over all the things I was learning every day. And it was so crazy as God gave me a capacity to learn finances and apartment buildings. And you know what? It was a window of opportunity God gave us after we sowed into the kingdom of God. God will protect you. Church, God will protect you. God, God will protect you. In uh, this same verse, uh, Malachi 3, 11 and 12, I will prevent pests from devouring your crops and the vines in your fields will drop their fruit before it's ripe. And then all the nations will call you blessed. It will be like your protection connection. It will be your, when you sow into the house of God, it will be a connection of protection in your life. Finally, God will release something supernatural in your life. God will release, Jeff, if you want to come up and play a little bit. Thank you, my man. When you, when you build the, the local church, you build the kingdom. And when you build the kingdom, there's a release of the supernatural in your life. A release of the supernatural in your life. And uh, the scripture is Luke 7, 4 through 5. And so this Roman centurion, um, who, let me give you some context. The, uh, Israel is being, um, is being, occupied by the Romans. And they're not popular, okay? They're, it'd be like us having like, you know, another country occupy us and, and, and be in charge of us in our, in our home country, right? So they're not happy with these people. They're not liked. But there was one man, one Roman centurion, and uh, the, uh, the Israel people loved him. The, uh, and the Israeli leaders actually go to Jesus on behalf of this man. And, um, and they go to him on behalf of him because um, his, uh, the Roman centurion servant, who could have been like his top aide, is sick and about ready to die. And Jesus stops and heals the Roman centurion's servant. And I'm like, God, why? Why didn't you do this for the Roman centurion? I mean, like, I mean, like, he's, you're sent to the people of Israel. And, and you found out why here. It's Luke 7, 4 and 5. When they came to Jesus, they pleaded earnestly with him. This man deserves to have you do this. Because he loves our nation. And he built our synagogue. And Jesus stops right where he is at and heals his servant. And I don't know where you're at today, but I can just say that Jesus will stop right where he's at, right in this moment, and do something supernatural in your life. You might be here and go, I need a healing. I need a supernatural move of God in my work, in my job. I need, I need, I need something to happen in my marriage. I need something to happen with my kids. I need a healing emotionally. Maybe it's a physical healing. Maybe it's an emotional healing. But I want to tell you right now, because you built this church, because you built this synagogue, Jesus is going to stop and heal some part of your life. And if you're here today and you need a physical 
emotional healing or something in your family, I want you to stand to your feet. Lord, I just take a moment and say thank you. And I thank you like the Jewish leaders that came to Jesus and they said, oh, they're good people, God. They're good people. They love, they love the church. They love the nation. And these people in, that are standing up right now have built the house of God. So God, I thank you, God. And I thank you for a release of the supernatural in their lives. I lift up their marriages right now. And God, I just declare a blessing on their marriages in Jesus' name. God, I thank you, God, that there'll be more unity in their marriage than ever before in Jesus' name. God, I thank you for the greatest time of unity in families right now in Jesus' name. God, I lift up, maybe there's a, a, a child or a family member that's struggling with addiction. I just bind the spirit of addiction in Jesus' name. God, I thank you that he who the Son set free is free indeed. God, I thank you, God, you sent your word to set free our family from any addiction in Jesus' name. I thank you they will live and not die and proclaim the goodness of God. God, I, I thank you, God, for the, the people here in the marketplace, which I know is the majority of them. And, and some of you have been fishing all night and haven't caught a thing. But I thank, God, I thank you that right now you're whispering in people's ear. Cast your net on the other side. Go out into the deep. And sometimes we got to just shift and be, and be willing to pivot. So God, I thank you, God, for the wisdom to pivot in our jobs, in our careers, in Jesus' name. And I will just declare that there is going to be a season where your nets are full to almost breaking in Jesus' name. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. God, I, I just, I, I thank you, God, for this service. I thank you for the people. God, and I just declare a supernatural blessing in the next season. God, I thank you, God, that these, that these pews will be filled to overflowing in Jesus' name. God, I thank you, God, that there'll be a TV out there and people will be watching. Thank you, God, there'll be two, three services, even in the next six months in Jesus' name. God, I thank you, God, that you love Orange County so much that you sent Jeff and Vaughn Peterson to Orange County. God, I just declare over this region that it will be almost impossible to go to hell in this region in Jesus' name. For more information on Authentic Church, visit us online at AuthenticOC.com. Thank you for listening.